Turner, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain, and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. Today, I have the privilege of speaking to Brooke. So Brooke can also be known as the Clear Skin Coach, uh, especially on Instagram, where a lot of you might find her. Brooke is not only an experienced naturopath, but a beautiful person, a lovely friend, newish friend, but lovely friend. So thank you so much for coming on and having a chat today. It's a pleasure to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have a bit of a nerdy chat with you today. Yes, yes. Sometimes I feel like we should be recording all the off-recorded conversations yes. because the things we talk about are actually probably quite interesting and recordable. Yes, um, so but so tell me a little bit about your experience as a naturopath, how you came to being a naturopath. Was that a health-driven journey? Was that just an interest journey? What brought you to doing what you do today? So I have been a naturopath for almost 17 years. Wow. Um, so I think my first introduction to that kind of world was my mum took me to a homeopath when I was quite little. And um, being someone that was a little, like, not that excited to see the doctor, not yeah. great with needles, seeing that there was other options um, yeah. opened my eyes to another world of just seeing things from a different way of how we can be um, looking at the body, treating health and still getting the results that we want to without so much invasive and intervention um, practices. So I've sort of always been really interested in it and open to it and um, then went on to study. Um, so my degree was four years, so graduated in 2005 and a couple of years into practising, um, I experienced my own skin issues um, in my early 20s. So didn't really have an issue as a teenager. It was more of a later onset, which I actually see a lot of in practice. It's more so 20s and 30s. A lot of women are experiencing yeah. that okay. sometimes for the first time or a rebound. Um, and I think this is just a really common story with what we end up specialising in. We've experienced ourselves 
Um, and I do I really remember how that feels and that helps me to empathize with my clients. Um, the way that you your confidence is depleted, um, the way that you show up in the world differently, you might um, you know, not go for that job or not pursue that relationship or hide away from people or places um, because of that detriment to your confidence. So I think really understanding that from that angle um, empowered me to really make that my um, my specialty area. Yeah. So when your acne flared up in your early 20s, what do you think drove that at the time? Was that stress from uni? Was it a change in diet? Was it just a hormonal fleek? Did you, and were you self-treating? So, yeah. So, so many things. <laughs> and I think you can probably relate to this. When you're a practitioner, you use yourself as a guinea pig <laughs> and you try everything and you can get quite impatient yes. and you're on to the next thing and the next thing. And you wake up every morning touching your skin. Did that work? Did that work? Yeah. Um, so it was almost, it was tricky trying to self-treat for sure. Um, and I was relatively inexperienced at the time. Um, but what I also found is that there just wasn't um, the right support that resonated with me at the time. So, you know, GPs were all about antibiotics and I knew that wasn't a long-term solution um, or they might get you on the pill or refer you on to a dermatologist for Accutane. I knew none of that was for me. And I think natural medicine was sort of in its infancy as well. If we're going back 15 years or so, mm. um, it wasn't what it is now with that integration of functional medicine and the of testing we have available to us. Um, so it was a little bit more on the, um, a little bit more basic, a bit more generalised, um, focusing on detoxes or going vegetarian, which <laughs> are things now that I do not advocate for. Yeah. Um, so it's come a long way since then. Um, so for me, it's it's really important to keep the integrity of the natural medicine world there. And I yeah. love all the parts of that. But integrating functional medicine into that was really where the magic is for me. Um, so, yeah, it took many, many years of research and, and trialling different practitioners for me to get there. It was multifaceted for me um, as it is for all of my clients as well. Um, so many moving parts. And so it, it can take a bit of time to figure that all out. Yeah, because it's interesting, like even on meeting you, whatever that was, I want to say six, seven, eight months ago. I mean, obviously I've known you for years because I saw you myself, but and meeting you in the person, I would never know that you've had acne, like that never to this day because your skin has healed so beautifully. And I know it's probably been, I don't, I don't know, I'm going to throw a number around, what, like five, six, seven years since you've had acne then, longer less well yeah there's, I've had little rebounds here and there and more so with rosacea so acne and rosacea okay. rosacea actually for me diagnosed with something called acne adjuminata which is a wow. type of rosacea um but it's ugh, it presents in a similar way to acne as well it's a nice little hybrid of the two yeah. is that common to have two because I think of the same like I had the acne but then I also had sort of more psoriasis spots kind of thing but yeah, they sure. when one sort of cleared one seemed to get better so do you see that commonly in people 
Yeah, for sure. I think um, what I find is most people have an Achilles heel. Um, and if that's your skin, then yeah. it can flare up with any kind of inflammation. And if you've got a depleted microbiome in the skin, depleted barrier function, then it can present in all types of different skin conditions. So yeah. essentially it's coming down to um, healing that organ from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose because they can both be linked to hormones as well and hormones can flare. Because I used to see around ovulation, like acne would change and also psoriasis would change as well. Mm-hmm. So there'd be the, yeah, and I don't sure. know, I guess the extra oil on your skin and sebum. It's interesting actually yeah. that, yeah. You're right, because I now that I think about it, I see a lot of clients with um, dermatitis on their face as well, as well as acne and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, and if the, the gut is driving it, if there's a gut issue, then that's going to reflect in inflammation in different ways as well. Different times of the cycle, we have more inflammation, um, whereas, you know, estrogen can be anti-inflammatory, but we can experience yeah. more inflammation right before your period or as you've got your bleed as that estrogen plummets um so yeah absolutely can sort of ebb and flow with hormones and then whatever's going on in the gut as well plays yeah yeah because that kind of ties into that first thing I want to talk about like why do we get acne and as you said like that's a such a loaded question because for (laughs) you like I've kind of pointed that at you and said why did you get acne yeah yeah but there's probably not one cause what are some of the big drivers then kind of so multifactorial yeah um and it's individual for everybody and if we had a magic bullet that caused acne (laughs) we would then have a magic pill that cured it and it's not the case so unfortunately it's it's quite convoluted and complex Mm -hmm. um if I had to pinpoint one thing that was driving what was a a commonality with everybody experiencing skin conditions especially acne I would come back to that concept of it being a disease of the modern world or modern life um, I don't know if you've heard of this concept that um, our biology is an evolutionary mismatch to the modern world. So that meaning that the, the pace that the world has evolved in terms of technology, industry, et cetera, has been so fast, so rapid, that our biology hasn't been able to evolve at the same pace. And so the environment um, and how we're living is impacting us um, from a chronic health point of view, and acne is one of those conditions. If we have a look at some of the um, Indigenous colonies that still live a very traditional lifestyle, not industrialised or modernised in any way, they have um, whole food diets, they have a lot of... um, Uh, emphasis on support and connection um, and community and you know they're not busy rushing around in traffic and sitting all day at their computers and under blue lights um, and all of that jazz that we do to ourselves Um, acne doesn't exist in those communities which is really really fascinating to me that it just highlights the fact that um, the modern world is playing a huge role and that that must tie into the amount of 
plastics we use now, the toxins we put on our face and skincare and cheap skincare or cheap sunscreens or all those kinds of things as well. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's a massive evolution from what, you know, like even what our parents grew up with. Exactly. And if you just think about how the world has evolved in terms of technology and industry since you were born, yeah. <laughs> it's been huge. Like how much have we witnessed in our lifetime? We, our bodies just cannot evolve that rapidly. So we really need to be auditing our lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Um, so your amount of sitting, indoor time, um, artificial lighting, what's in your environment, mm-hmm. what's in your packaged foods, like yes. all of these things. Um are forming the foundations for health. And that's where I always, always, always like to start. Before we look at testing, before we go down the natural medicine path, we've got to get those foundations in place. Um, Building a really solid foundation and making that as consistent and non-negotiable as brushing your teeth um, is just is going to form those really solid foundations for everything else to then be optimized so those foundations what does that look like does that look like water and food and removing plastics out your diet what are your top couple that you go to someone as soon as they come to you like right go work on these five things in a sense before I'm going to get you to poo in a cup and send them (laughs) (laughs) okay so I would say I've never ever seen an acne case that there wasn't stress involved in some way So not just your psychological, emotional stress and how that impacts your mindset, but also physical stress. So we want to think about are you getting enough sunlight, outdoor time, time in nature? Um, Are you sitting all day? Are you looking at screens all day and and being exposed to lots of blue light? Um, How are you sleeping? Are you sabotaging your sleep by having coffee all morning and then wine all night? There's all all of those things, probably sleep, stress, stress management and your environment. Those things really, really impact all areas of your health. So your hormones, for instance, are going to be constantly responding to what you're eating, how you're moving, what you're exposed to, how you're managing stress. So getting those things in place would probably be your first priority. Yeah. And then moving into the more... um, testing and uh, natural medicine so would you call those things root causes of acne like is stress then a root cause or would you say what's something that needs to be addressed and managed but generally it comes down to I suppose it is the same thing though imbalanced hormones or gut microbiome like what would you pick sort of then as your second layer root cause stuff yeah I think stress is definitely a root cause of a root cause, yeah. <laughs> root cause yeah. we've got root causes, but stress, as I mentioned before, I think is is always there at some level. Yeah. Um, and I think that the pace of the modern world um, kind of changes people's perspective on how stressed they actually are. So we're we're watching everybody be really busy and really worried and having a fear-based mindset or always filling their calendars and looking like they're achieving and successful. Mm. 
Um, and that's sort of a benchmark that people are measuring themselves against. And if they're not doing all of that, then they can't be stressed. And they'll often rate their stress lower than five um, until we start to unpack it all. And then they realize, well, actually, yeah, I've got anxiety every day and I'm not sleeping well at night. And I do worry a lot. And I have all of those um, sorts of things become a little bit more apparent, but we're not um, seeing that in perspective a lot of the time. Yeah, our, our level of normal has changed. We think that, you know, what we should be doing and achieving and stressing over, and that's just, you know, I hear women say, well, that's just life. Like I've got kids and we worry about finances and I'm trying to work as well and I'm not stressed but I've got life. And I'm like, yeah, but that's that's probably not actually how it should be. Like we should be taking it down level and say, hey, this is actually where we want to be. And it's kind of like you and me, like when you go through those stages of small business and you feel, you know, you go through stages where you're stressed and am I going to have enough clients? Is there enough money coming? Is there this? Is there that? Da, 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 da. And you kind of work yourself up and build up rather than going, wait a second, like I just need to step back, breathe and go, hey, this is this is my baseline. I need a clock on and off like everybody else because that's normal. You know what I mean? Rather than mm-hmm. always doing those extra hours or whatever and just expecting that to be normal because you're a small business yeah. and it's like, no, 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 no. We need to redefine what normal is. Absolutely. Totally agree with you because we, yeah, we, we, we're just not allowing ourselves that adequate time for rest without guilt. I think we're always mm. feeling guilty for not being busy and not being productive. Yeah, yeah. So what would some other root causes be besides stress? Is there gut stuff that can trigger acne? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a bit of a flow chart happening here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stress at the top of the picture. Um, that can absolutely flow onto everything. So as an example, yes, gut health is huge. I have a lot of focus on gut health because that is massively connected to skin. Um, but let's say if we are really stressed, um, then we're not producing adequate stomach acid. We're not producing adequate enzymes to break down our food. And that's that very starting point of the digestive process. If, um, if that's going on, we're not absorbing, assimilating our nutrients. We end up with deficiencies. Those deficiencies can then impact how we're producing and metabolizing our hormones so then we can end up with hormonal symptoms um or we can end up with like conditions like SIBO or helicobacter or gut dysbiosis and and other issues with gut health so we're always wanting to look further up the chain as to why it's happening in the first place Um, but yes gut issues hormone issues are um, a big part of my practice. I would say the four main pillars that I work on um, would be gut health, hormones, nutrition, and then your lifestyle and mindset piece of the puzzle as well. So when you're digging through those things, what kind of tests do you like to run for the hormone stuff, for the gut stuff? Where's your starting point? So starting point, I always like to run some blood work, some basic blood work. I don't do the full screening because not everything's reliable in blood. So I just look at the markers, which I know are going to give me a good representation of what's going on. Um, And then next stop, I would say, would be a stool test. I like to look at what's happening in the gut first. 
Because if we have a look at what's happening with hormones first, sometimes we're left with more questions. So we can get all of that incredible information from a hormone test. I like to use the Dutch test, which is the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. I know you know all about that one as well. The best. Um, it's the best. <laughs> it is the best. It's the absolute best. But if we're just going to choose one test or an order, I would want to see what's happening in the gut first. So you might have um, elevated estrogen or your estrogen might be going down the less preferable pathway, for instance, and you've got raging PMS, heavy painful periods, all the things. What we'd look at there is, well, what's happening in the gut that could be um, unpackaging that estrogen that your body's trying to detoxify? So there's a specific enzyme which gets tested in the stool testing that I use, um, called beta-glucuronidase. It's an enzyme which can unpack that estrogen that's been so carefully packaged up by your liver and taken down to the gut to be detoxified out of the body. And if our gut isn't happy, we've got this um, increase of this enzyme, then we're recirculating that estrogen. So looking at a hormone test alone, um, we're not getting the whole picture. We get incredible info from it, but I love to get that, that piece of the gut puzzle as well. And it's, it's important, like it's nice, obviously they're expensive, but when you've got the budget to do them both and go, yep, I'm at that point where I want to do it, I find it's really great because otherwise, like you said, if you just did bloods and went to your GP and maybe you picked up that you had high estrogen, you may not A, know how to treat that, but B, also like you've just outlaid, there's so many different steps where that estrogen estrogen can be coming high in a sense like it's not just as simple as then going down to the chemist and buying some herb that claims to lower estrogen like it's it's so important (laughs) to work with an experienced you know naturopath or nutritionist or someone because like you said there's there's so many different pathways where do you begin in a sense so many moving parts to the puzzle um yeah so you want to look at all of those bits to really assess holistically and like you said yeah in an ideal world if um, a new client comes to you if they can do both of those tests the Dutch test and a comprehensive stool test Mm. um, I like to use the GI 360 which is the three-day stool test which leaves no stone unturned (laughs) most comprehensive Um, if that's within someone's budget to do the both, that is incredible. We're going to get as much info as we can to as a really good starting point. Yeah, yeah. So digging deep, definitely hormones, gut stuff. Um, and then, yeah, your bloods are still, you know, are still viable, do give you some basic information. So then more topically, should people be worried about skincare can we treat acne topically because I feel like almost it's sometimes gotten a bad rap because people think oh I've been to my GP and they've given me some topical skincare stuff that either just dries everything out or on the other hand you see people have walked into Woolies or Coles or the chemist Mm -hmm. and just bought something that's claimed to be exfoliant and has just stripped everything can you talk to us a bit about that 
Yeah, yeah. So you're right on the money there with like some of those harsh ingredients can actually be causing more detriment than than helping, um, especially with those highly um, active antimicrobials or scrubs. Um, they can really break down that barrier function. So that barrier function um, is forms part of our microbiome, which is protective. And if we're using antimicrobials topically, we're just going to be, it's kind of like taking antibiotics internally, wiping out all of those good guys that are there to protect you and build up that barrier function. So, yeah, skincare can, can definitely play a role if it's not the right type for you. Um, I love my clients to be working with a, a really trusted um, dermal therapist that is well-versed in ingredients and can um, formulate a protocol on a prescription specific for that person so they can do the hands-on work locally to them while I work online. Yeah, on that's, that's really nice to have that combo. I think about that now. I didn't know at the time how much topical stuff could make a difference as well, but mm-hmm. you're right, it, it really does and yeah thinking about that going oh is there someone locally who's yeah who can help me with you know quality products rather than in a sense it's kind of guessing if you just walk into Woolies or Coles and just go oh just give this a shot and your skin's going I have no idea and like you said so the skin's got its own microbiome you would call it then it does yeah if you think about your gut is kind of like it's an extension of your skin so it's the same epithelial tissue Mm -hmm. it's just like an internal tube that just connects to all of your internal organs. So they function in the same way. They have the same rate of cell turnover, um, made of the same tissue and need a lot of the same nutrients to be in optimal health. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we want to be taking care of our external, our skin externally in a similar way with that same kind of respect that we would internally as well. Um, so yeah, in the same way that, um, skincare can be detrimental if it's not the right type for you, getting the right skincare and treatments can really fast track your results and support your skin while you're understanding what's going on internally. There's always an internal driver and that I would say forms like the, the majority of the issue. Um, but really working on repairing, um, restoring and calming the skin externally really fast tracks results. I guess because the flip side is that if you don't know that there's an internal factor, like if someone doesn't come, say, for you to you for their skin, but instead they go straight to, you know, um, a dermal therapist or someone who specialises in acne, say, you can be spending all that money on quality products, on treatments, on peels, on needling, but there's going to be, I'm guessing, there's still going to be that turnover because if there's still that internal driver and that estrogen still uh-huh. popping up acne, that's still going to be an ongoing issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that it's it's really great to align your patients with um, a really experienced dermal therapist that gets mm. that internal side as well, um, yeah. that understands that there's internal drivers and that if they're not getting where they want to be with skincare and treatments alone, then to refer on and and do that um, integrated work together with someone who's treating internally at the same time. Yeah. So what I love about you is that you're so 
multifaceted. You know, you've got the testing, you've got, you know, the herbs, which we talk about a bit as well, but you also give dietary recommendations to, you know, the women that you work with as well. I'm guessing. And what are some of those key ones? Like what are some things that go, can you please just change this or can you include <laughs> this? Cause it's going to make a difference. What are some of those big picture ones that you go, look, this is a bit of a non-negotiable. Yeah, sure. Okay. So first thing I'd want to know is, are they eating enough? So not eating enough is going to put you in a state of depletion. And that could be, um, you know, not getting enough nutrition because you're a vegan. It could be um, being restrictive with calories or just like busy, forgetting to eat, not eating enough or trying to not eat enough for weight loss. Um, So that puts a lot of stress on the body. And your skin, well, your body has a hierarchy. So your skin is going to be the last organ in your body to receive nutrition. So if we're already depleted, Mm. everything that's coming in is going to your vital organs that are essential for life. And then your skin's being left for dead. So um, that's going to be one of the first organs to suffer in a lot of people, especially as we spoke about before, if that's your Achilles heel. So eating enough is really, really important. We want to focus more on nourishment rather than restriction. And I would say one thing that a lot of women are really lacking is protein. The skin is made of protein. Mm. Skin is made of protein and fat. So protein, number one, getting enough throughout your day. And then number two would be those good fats. So really nourishing the skin, um, all of your cell membranes are made up of these these fats. Um, So that's going to form a nice, healthy skin cell. And it's going to be more hydrated. It's going to take on more nutrients. Um, It's going to function better. It's going to be less inflamed. So good fats and protein. And we can look at how we can combine those with, say, eating more oily fish. You're getting protein and fat in that one food cooking your eggs in grass-fed butter or ghee, you're getting protein and fat with that one meal. So trying to combine the two with good quality animal protein that's bioavailable and good quality um, animal fats that are bioavailable. So we don't need to be scared of saturated fats then, do we, Brooke? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. It's really, really important. Um, Just have a look at, if you can, Um, where that animal has come from, what it's eaten, because what it eats determines the the nutrition of that food. So trying to go for grass-fed meats, wild-caught fish, grass-fed butter, pastured eggs um, is really important for that omega-3 concentration, which is what we're really focusing in on with skin. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And it makes sense. Like, And I know it's still... Like it still can take people a while to, and it makes sense to you and me because we live and breathe that stuff, you know, <laughs> but it can can take people a while, especially if you're trying to restrict, then the fats are often the first thing that go because they're so nutrient dense, but they're calorie dense as well. So if you're trying to cut down to your 1200 calories or whatever nonsense it is in a sense, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, I'm not eating egg yolks, I'm not eating butter, I'm not eating ghee, I'm not eating oily fish because compare oily fish to a bit of of you know really lean mints or kangaroo mints or something I mean the the calorie content's so different so yes. yeah really yeah emphasizing that in a sense um yeah is- totally and if you compare the calories in an avocado to a Snickers bar like <laughs> you've got to look at all the other things that you're getting from that um how else is that going to benefit or be detrimental to your health so yeah 
Yes. Yes. I don't like calories. <laughs> yes. We like nutrients. We We're like counting nutrients. Yes. yes. Exactly. Um, so what about herbs then? Do herbs play a role in healing your skin? Is there some herbs that you go, oh, I use these, you know, often in clinic because they're quite helpful or what sort of role do they play? Yeah, so it really depends on the individual. So with functional medicine, we're always um, treating individually. So there's some herbs, I guess, that pop up quite frequently um so maybe um adaptogens because there's always some stress going on so withania rhodiola some good ones there if for instance there's um too much testosterone going down the five alpha pathway which is going to ramp up uh, testosterone's ugly cousin DHT which is far more potent and can be um, really causative of acne we might be looking at things like peony licorice medicinal mushrooms um, green tea and spearmint tea are two things I'm always advocating for that are just really easy to add into your daily routine do you need to drink um, a lot of them to make a difference Probably three or so cups a day. It depends on how oily someone's skin is or how much um, DHT they've got going on. But with spearmint tea, I'd say about three cups a day would be a therapeutic dose. Yeah. Um, And green tea is often um, used as a herb in the natural medicines that I prescribe at a therapeutic dose, but you can also just enjoy it um, during the day as well. Yeah. Um, And then nutrients um i use a lot of nutritionals as well alongside herbal medicines um so i'd say zinc would be pretty high up there um a lot of people are lacking in zinc and the interesting thing about zinc is that we need it to make hydrochloric acid but we need hydrochloric acid to absorb our nutrients so it can be a little bit of a cycle if we're not getting enough yeah. Um, omega-3s, which we spoke about. Yeah. Um, I love for my clients to get as much from their food as possible. So yeah, can you with zinc? I was going to ask that. With zinc, you can hit your daily RDI um, with three to six oysters. So if you're an mm. oyster lover, it's a really easy Tell way. all my clients that. Yes, yeah. good. Yeah. I rate that. Yeah, so that's a, like, for people who enjoy them. I know they're quite polarising, yes. but um, that can be quite a delicious way to get your zinc levels up. Um, so enjoying some oysters a few times a week, awesome. Would that would that be enough, though, if someone was deficient? I mean, obviously there's a range as far as deficiency go, but if someone came to you with, say, really severe acne, would you be like, just up your oysters or would you go up your oysters but also take, you know, a zinc supplement for six or eight weeks or whatever it would be? I would say that would come down to the commitment of the client. So if someone's like, okay, I hate oysters, but I'm going to go and buy some quality tinned oysters and just throw them down the hatch like I would a zinc tablet, I'd be like, great, you don't have to be on um, supplements. Um, And that's the best way to do it because it's going to be, it's it's nature's multivitamin. It's got all of the other cofactors in it for absorption stuff yeah all those other bits and pieces going on there's a bit of protein and a bit of um iron and omega-3s in there so that and i would say um 
liver are my two favorite polarizing foods to add i love you (laughs) Um, again so nutrient dense and i see a lot of women with low iron and Mm. i don't like to supplement with iron Mm. um especially right there are cases where it's necessary but especially if we don't know what's going on in the gut because there are certain parasites and bacteria that thrive on iron. So we could actually be making a gut issue a lot worse. So if we're just building up with um, bioavailable iron packaged up with B12 and vitamin A and vitamin D. Yeah, I don't know if you're like me, but I see a lot of clients who come in who whenever they feel a little bit run down, they just start taking iron or a bit tired. They're like, oh, I've been a bit tired. I've just jumped back on my iron. I'm like, please no, please no. But it seems to be one of the most, it must be such a million dollar industry iron supplements. Everyone thinks they need iron, but really like you said, there's so much other stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that is that comes back to that magic pill thing um that it's not it's not going to solve all your issues to just take some iron there's there's always a reason why you're low in iron like have you got heavy periods are you not eating enough iron in your diet or is there an iron sucking critter in your gut that you don't know about there's so many different factors that you want to explore first yeah yep um so one of the big questions people often ask which is going to be it's so vague but how long can it take how long does it take you know like people like you said they want a pill and they want it fixed in two to three weeks especially there's an event coming up or you know (laughs) there's a new boyfriend on the picture or something but you know in general sort of terms from your clinical practice what what sort of time frames are you looking at a year a couple years dermal therapy is that a a year-long process as well I get it that you get so impatient when you've got something aesthetic that you want to fix because you know it can be uncomfortable to have like bloating or headaches or whatever else that people can't see but it's there's a whole new level to it when it's aesthetic and it's impacting you on different levels of your life yeah um but general rule would be if you've been suffering with a symptom for a year you want to allow a month to work on that healing Mm. so if been there for 10 years you want to allow yourself 10 months Mm. Um, that's a general rule but everyone's different and it really really comes down to people's commitment to themselves and if they're really ready to do the work on themselves it's um it's not something that someone else can do for you so as practitioners we guide our clients and we educate them and empower them but we're not there peering through the window and slapping their hand if they're eating the wrong thing or not going to bed on time or all of of those things so um that commitment to self feeling um ready to start to do the work that's a big one and that's going to fast track results yeah um but we've got to think about body clocks as well so everything Mm. the body runs on cycles we've got all these body clocks that are um, navigating those time frames Um, and with the skin it's very similar to your menstrual cycle so the skin cells that we're seeing on the epidermis so the outer layer of the skin renew themselves every 28 to 30 days roughly So every month where we've got a new opportunity to impact with everything that we're doing, those little baby cells that are just starting out 
as they move to the surface of the skin, we're going to start to see that, um, that physical change. Um, so we've got to think about all of those cycles and patterns. Same with hormones. Yeah. Um, it takes three months or 90-ish days for the egg that you're going to release at this ovulation to have matured to that point to be released um, at ovulation. So everything you do over those yeah. three months impacts the health of that next cycle. So we want to think about all of those um, time frames. Take yeah. Account. Yeah, that's, that pace. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> patience, interesting. Yeah, um, I think once you understand those time frames, yeah. it can help you to have a bit more patience with yeah. um, just letting things roll out. And I think that's a scary thought because you know that if you walk into your GP and possibly you can get some kind of medication, Rakutane or whatever, you can get the birth control pill. There's something that, you know, still promises to heal your acne. In some cases it makes it better, in other cases it doesn't. But for a female who's listening and is struggling with their skin right now and you're going, flip, this is this is a long process and what is one place where they can start if they're like, I'm not financially ready to jump in and do the testing and see someone, but I also I'm not ready to jump on strong medication um, where, you know, maybe mm-hmm. trace back where, where is a good starting point? Yeah, so um, come back to those foundations and then nutrition. So the things that you can do for free that are just going to be part of your habits and behaviours every day and part of choosing um, better, um, having better choices in your diet as well. So the foundations um, would be really working on your stress response. Stress is always going to be there, but working on how you are responding to that stress. So I'm huge on routines, morning routine, nighttime routine, um, doing anything that makes you feel more calm and relaxed. So that might be some breath work or some journaling or anything that helps with that mindset and bringing down that threshold with your stress response. Yeah. Getting adequate sleep. Sleep is where we do all <laughs> of our repair and regeneration and we're producing that really important hormone melatonin, which helps with healing the skin. That's um, a really powerful antioxidant for the skin. Um, and then with your nutrition, um, the two things that I mentioned before were your skin is made of protein and fat, so making sure that you're bumping those two macronutrients up. Um, you want around 100 grams per day for a woman that's rough, um, but generally aiming for 100 grams broken down over three meals of the day would be about 30 grams-ish with each meal. Um, And then, like I mentioned before, combining that with a good quality fat, like cooking your eggs in butter or ghee, um, you're going to be getting bumping up both of those essential nutrients for your skin. So they would be some basic places to start um, and then auditing your environment. So are you yes. sitting all day? Are you staring at a yes. screen all day? Are you actually getting out in the sunshine? Are you getting that natural light? Are you moving your body? All of those things are free. Um, it just takes that time to implement them and make them part of your daily rituals. And everyone, do you know what else is free? Brooke's Instagram. So <laughs> on top of all those Yes, there is so much. <laughs> so, There's so, so, so much available. 
yeah, um, yeah. for free online as well. So yeah, yeah just work, working on that education is amazing. Yeah. And it is important, and I always stress this to people like when I'm sharing stuff with them and go, okay, follow this person or follow that person. Do your research on who you're following because following someone who may have, let's say, thousands and thousands and thousands of followers doesn't mean that the information they're giving you is reflective of that sort of following status. So make sure you sort of always, you know, find out, like someone like Brooke, okay, wow, she's got 17 years of naturopathy experience behind it. That's got to account for something. On top of that, you can see through the information she provides. So make sure you follow Brooke. Um, It's clear underscore skin underscore coach. Is that correct? That's correct. That's me. Yes. Awesome. So follow Brooke over there. She's always got um, cool little posts going up with good information. Otherwise, I will link in Brooke's website. So just clearskincoach.co. That's her website. So you can go over there, read a little bit more about who she is and what she does. Um, They're the best places to get in contact with you, aren't they? They are, yeah. Instagram is a really good starting point. That's where I spend probably most of my time and share (laughs) heaps of info with you guys. Way too much of our time. Let's be honest. Way too much. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for jumping on today. It was a pleasure. You are a wealth of knowledge and it's lovely to have you on and to be able to share you off to everyone. Thank you so much. It's been so fun chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.